Good people, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, ASAP Barbie. Y'all know I got the gang gang, Eric Mabaki. What up, yo? What up, man? Yo. All right, all right. So today we got four good topics. And guess what, guys? We're back with the Who's Better. The Who's Better is about to be lit lit today because we finally bringing it back. But the first topic we have is can Big be regarded as a hero and is Beyonce the closest we have to Mike Jackson and did James Harden get robbed of MVP and are toxic moms just as bad as absent fathers so I'm on the I start with the can Big be regarded as a hero I let uh, Mabaki start off with that because that was his topic so Mabaki what, what What's the, what's the deal here with that? So for me, so I remember like maybe like a few weeks ago, he popped out and he was just listing off a few people who we in the black community regard as heroes. Most, uh, most notably Tupac, considering he was a rapper. Uh, a lot of his earlier stuff or most of his discography surrounds conscious rap that highlights what's going on in the black communities. Uh, speaking out against the injustices that black people dealt with back then and even still to this day still related. I heard E throw big move around in that sort of light and I had and I stopped. I was like, yo, listen, like I feel where you're coming from, but I don't think Biggie can be regarded as a hero. One, it doesn't seem as though Biggie was a philanthropist during his life. You see what I'm saying? I'm not gonna say he was or he wasn't because there may be a chance it's not documented, but from the research that I've done I'm not finding anything why he was alive. Now, he does have a foundation made in his name, you feel what I'm saying, that gives a lot to communities, particularly inner city schools, but I'm, I'm more talking about the man while he was alive, while he was here breathing. So pretty much, for me, Biggie is like a, a feel-good story. The most that he could be is a role model for somebody who's in that position, somebody who's living a life of crime, you feel what I'm saying, who's trying to flip it and become something better maybe help themselves, help their families, or even grow and help the rest of their community, which isn't something I feel like Biggie grew into. I mean, it's not like Biggie was in his music rapping about particular particular things that, uh, that to uplift people, not even the black people, just uplift people. You feel what I'm saying? He was just selling his story, and I don't blame him for doing that whatsoever, but I don't think we should cheapen the hero, the hero, uh, uh, hero name. You feel what I'm saying? I don't think we should just throw that on everybody yeah. who... Who, who's somebody who we held dearly and they died. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's that easy. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I wouldn't call Biggie a hero. I, Biggie's one of my favorite rappers of all time. He's probably the best rapper of all time. Hands down, you feel what I'm saying? His death was very tragic, you feel me? But I don't think I could call him a hero. I don't think he's done enough to earn that. You know what I'm saying? So to earn that nomenclature. So for me, it's a no. Okay, so... So, so this is my thought process. My thought process is Biggie was a dope rapper. And I respect his lyrics. But I feel that outside of, outside of New York, if there was not a beef between him and Tupac, Biggie would have just been one of the other many good rappers from New York of his time. And what I mean by that is because uh, you know, like we spoke 
briefly about this outside of the show and like I feel like you know like Biggie sold drugs he got out of drugs he started rapping then he kept selling drugs it sounds like Nas it sounds like Jadakiss it sounds like DMX like I can keep going wrong but what I'm saying is those are some of the best rappers in New York those are some of the best rappers of all time and, and but I'm saying, but people put Biggie in the same category of all time. But I think that people put dead people in this great limelight because they're dead. You don't have the balls to say he wasn't that good because he's dead. Like for me, prime example would be like I told Eric and I put on my Twitter, and this shit went crazy. Like when XXX Takashian died. People was like, oh, his music was dope. I was like, no, rest in peace, XXX, but the nigga music was trash. Like, it is what it is. So do you feel like I'm not going to give you, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I mean, the thing I feel about Big is if there was no beef between him and Tupac, Big would have just been one of the other great rappers from New York. But, and, but with that being said, it's one of those things like, if you've never been to New York, you really don't understand Big's music. And I think that was the the, the biggest difference because he stayed so Brooklyn, but everybody ain't been to Brooklyn. You know what I mean by that? No, I don't. But I think he'd be able to give you a rebuttal as somebody who's a big fan who's not from Brooklyn. So let me let me but first. Not, oh, go yeah, ahead, Bobby. No, no, no. Go ahead. It's on you. So let me preface my statement with: uh, I agree with you. Him not being a social justice warrior. Um, and a hero in that light and I think the way y'all framed the, the question of course no Biggie wasn't leading no um, he wasn't an activist that wasn't what he was but when I look at the word hero I, I see war heroes I see firefighters as heroes I see people that's on the block as heroes and I think Big was a hip hop hero and he shouldn't be compared to social justice warriors so um, I just wanted to get that out there because it's not a matter of comparing him to a Malcolm X or a Maya Angelou or a Nipsey Hussle. That wasn't what he was. But what he did do was he inspired the streets. You know, with lyrics like, you know, I'm a heartthrob, never black and ugly as ever. You know, however, there was a lot of people that heard that bar and was like, you know what? I could be fly. That's a self-esteem booster right there. He was relatable. You know, uh, bars like stereotypes of a black male misunderstood and it's still all good. If you're a black man, you got to feel that lyric. You know what I'm saying? When you hear Juicy. Um, all in all, I just think Big's music was like a rehab center for niggas in the streets. And what I mean by that is like you've seen the videos of Big rapping on in Bedford-Stuyvesant in Brooklyn, you know, and then people also seen the videos of him and Puffy and more money, more problems. Like for us to say that he didn't have an impact and he wasn't influenced when so many rappers, including the biggest rapper today, Jay-Z, who just hit a billion, shout out to Jay-Z. To say he wasn't an inspiration, I think it's ludicrous. And to say he wasn't a hero is ludicrous. Biggie was a hero to many, maybe not you, but he was a hero to many, and you got to acknowledge that. I think that needs to right, be right. But at the same time, but at the same time, I feel like you know a lot of people may disagree, but it's a big difference between a hero and a role model. I definitely say Biggie was a role model 
every street nigga and every drug dealer. He was a role model, like a nigga that you can look up to. Got it. But as far as a hero, I wouldn't really call him a hero. Like Jay Z's a hero. So, so let me. Uh, hero. Word. Martin Luther King was a hero. Like you get what I'm saying? Those are heroes because not as a hero because you know not only were they talking they street shit of what they've been through and what they know but they were also giving back and showing a different light like biggie was only showing nigga rapping and selling dope away but nas and jay-z is showing yeah rapping is my job but i'm so much more than that what i'm saying like that's a hero i just want to interject this in there i want to add this kind of to the conversation i'm gonna let you go mabaki Biggie died at the age of 24. So if you're comparing him to 50-year-old Jay-Z, I think that's um, that's disingenuous. You need to compare him to people that was his age at the time. Go ahead, Mabaki. So what I'm saying is okay, to, re- to rebut what you said earlier, no one is taking away from Biggie's influence nor his impact. No one at all. Like I said at the beginning of what I said, he can be a role model. You feel what I'm saying? He, he's, it, he, it's impossible to say that to say out of one side of my mouth that he's probably the greatest rapper of all time and then the other side of my mouth be like he wasn't impactful or influential so that's not what we're saying at all but what I'm saying is look at the the things you listed you said firefighters can be heroes police officers soldiers uh, uh, so on and so forth blase blase like what what do you think that what's that Biggie Smalls the notorious B.I.G. Christopher Wallace has done to, to amount to anything that those people you saying, you feel what I'm saying? So now I'll, I understand. Let me allow me to answer your question with the question, and this is just a yes or no. Did he or did he not inspire kids to believe in the power of hip hop and the ability to change their lives? One hundred percent. Okay, then then, then he is a hip hop hero by definition. I, but listen, that's not. We're not saying hip hop hero. We say hero. You know and that's saying? what I'm trying to tell you. There's not no we, one set we, type of pulled, hero. Because when we pulled examples for heroes, when we pulled who else was in it, we pulled out Maya Angelos. We pulled out X's. We pulled out. You know what I mean? We, we pulled out certain names. You feel what I'm saying? So we wasn't. We wasn't confused at all on whether or not he was like a big. Like he was like a, a driving force and moving hip hop forward. He has a he has an album that's that sold that sold ten million records. Of course it can. Right. Of course he's 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 a he's a he's a prime, he's one of the primary driving forces of hip hop to this day globally. You know what I'm saying? So what we're talking about yeah. him the man. What positive impact did he make on? And remember, Cooper, what's his name? Biggie was running around in the fucking nineties when shit was far more hectic than it was right now. His pants to his left and his right. You know what I'm saying? Was on some conscious shit. His predecessors, the niggas who was out about a decade before him, not even that far back, was on that conscious shit. Was spitting shit like, oh, you feel what I'm saying? Yo, look what these niggas is doing to us, so on and so forth. Blase, blase. Oh, check this out. And and his, his you could say his direct rival. Uh, Tupac is a perfect example. You feel what I'm saying? And I, I, I actually don't like comparing him to Tupac because their lives were very different. You feel what I'm saying? I'm glad you acknowledged that. Because all these people we're talking about are different. Malcolm X was a revolutionary hero. Maya Angelou was a literary hero. You know, uh, the dude dude that that helped the old lady across the street and not get hit by the bus, he's a local hero. You you can't just box hero into one. So so let me ask you a question. Do you you think he's enough of a hero to deserve a street name that thing? 
Can, and I'll tell you what I told Barbie yesterday. And this, I don't want to change the conversation, but when we were talking about these heroes, all the heroes that we named, and I asked him, I was like, which one of them had a bigger impact than Biggie? Y'all looked at me like I was crazy. And what I would, what I asked him was, if Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and all these people were as big as you say they were, would the black community be in the same situation that we are now? I believe that rappers are bigger influences and have bigger impact on our communities than they do, and it's evident. It's evident by our actions. Right. So now, so now I'm going to rebuttal that by saying. If telling little kids that it's cool to sell drugs and get a job as a rapper exactly. and keep selling that's drugs, what you heard, that makes you, you need to I'm, listen no, to everyday struggle. No, what I'm saying is that's what we've seen from Biggie. That's not His what job you heard. Was rap- because His he said, I rap- sit around and wish. He said, I wish I wasn't living so devilish. You wasn't listening. It's a job, though, right? So you can say what you want to say, right? He said, when That's I was hustling job. just to make money to feed my daughter, I yeah. I can tell yeah. by y'all talking that y'all never listen, yeah. actually don't listen even, to Biggie don't rap. Don't even go there, E. Don't even go he there. Never had listen, I Dang. promise you, I can't speak for Bobby, but I know for myself, I'm, listen, I, I, I call Biggie, I'm not calling Biggie one the greatest rapper of all time off of no place there. I'm not calling. I know. I know his discography while he was alive and posthumously. You feel what I'm saying? One thing that you cannot deny is though that a majority of his content was based around was was based around was based around uh, dealing drugs to his own community, which in part helped affect his community and fucked it up. Misogynistic shit towards females. You feel what I'm saying? And killing niggas. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not and, now, not saying that sprinkle within there, he wasn't talking about his personal experience and, and relating it to the next black man going through the American experience, but the majority of his content was shit that was fucked up. So what you talking about? Right. I don't and see this, no... Oh, go this, ahead. Is, this is one of the things throws me off is like Mabaki originally the the reason he acts what he acts is can be can be can Biggie be regarded as a hero because they're naming the street after him. The well, reality of it is they're naming the street after him because he's dead. Because if he I mean because the reality of it is like when Jay Z died, he gets a street because he sold dope and he's a big time guy in the rap in the music industry. When DMX dies, he should get a street because he sold dope and start rapping. Everybody in New York had the same come up. Nah, sold dope. But he's a revolutionary hip hop artist. Like, when all these niggas sell dope, all the New York shit should be changed to their name. That's how I look at it. Because again, it was selling dope to your own community and fucking it up and rapping about it. If that's if that's the role model that you want your kids to look up to, then you know I'm not I'm not the judge of that. That's you know that's your issue. No, nobody ever said I wanted my kids to look up to Biggie. But what I am saying and what I'm having a hard time trying to figure out why y'all can't acknowledge that he was a hip hop hero to some. If he inspired anyone, I don't care if one person. That by definition makes him a hero. You might not agree with his content. You might not understand his content. A lot of people that, like I said, stereotypes of a black male misunderstood. And Biggie told y'all it's still all good. You don't understand him, and it's clear because if you don't understand the impact and the influence that he had in the black community, in his community, 
around yeah. the globe. You know what I'm saying? Like, then you wouldn't be saying... No, hold on. Let me say this. Let me say this. Y'all sound no different than the lady on Fox News that said Nipsey Hussle was no more than a gang member and a drug dealer. True. That's not true. What is you the difference? Tell true. me what the difference you know, you know is between true. that lady and what y'all are saying. Let me tell you what the difference is. The difference is Nipsey Hussle was giving back to his community. He had a deal signed where black youth can be partnered in high school with Google to get ahead. He also bought up a whole block to give other to make sure people had jobs. See how he was giving back to his community? Now give me five. Now give me two things Biggie did for Brooklyn other than make good music. Biggie died at 24. Like this is the part that I'm having a hard what time. Look, nigga. look, you, and this is the okay. hold on. Let me rebut but Barbie real quick. Barbie, Barbie, just the other day, just the other day, you put up a meme that said Malcolm X, if he died at in his 20s, he would have been considered a robber, a drug dealer, or whatever he was, a hustler. Maya Angelou would have been a prostitute. So it's beyond me how you can take a young man who died at 24, nobody expects to die at 24, and then judge what compare him to people so, that live fuller and longer so, lives. Hold on, hold on, Bobby. Let me, Bobby. Let me rebut him. Let me. Rebut when him. you was twenty four, you probably was doing some dumb shit too. Now check this out, and and just like you said, if at twenty five years old, if Malcolm X would have died at twenty five, the only thing we could have said about him was he was a thief, he was a con man. And he was dirty red. That's what we would have said. But the fact that he changed his life, it's not our fault that Biggie didn't get to see beyond 24. But at 24, we knew he was a drug dealer and a rapper. That was it. You think Biggie was, was selling drugs when he died, my nigga? Hell no. Yes. Hell oh, no. my God. That's, that's see, y'all sound nuts, true, but listen, nigga. Bro, but listen, just listen. This conversation is going on sorts of places that don't need to happen. Because first of all, to go back to the point that you just made previously, talking about we don't see his impact, we don't see him as a hip-hop hero. My nigga, we, we do. already. We, we do. My nigga, we do see. I, I, bro, like four times in this conversation, I said I think Biggie is the greatest rapper of all fucking time. Is he a hip-hop hero? You know what I'm saying? Yes. If, yes okay, no, then. Y'all agree said, with okay, me. But listen, no, no, no. Let me finish my point. But like <laughs> I said earlier in the conversation, that's not what the fuck we talking about. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about his contributions to hip-hop music. We're not talking about what he's done to push hip-hop music out globally. His contributions to making hip-hop the the, uh, the the most listened to genre of music today. What we talking about? We're not talking about what, his what was job. his impact? What was his positive impact socially? What was his positive? What like think about it? Think about it. We naming heroes. You feel what I'm saying? There's a street. There's a street where I lived in fucking Brooklyn next to next to uh Notion and shit. Named after Harriet Tubman. There's a reason they oh, yeah. named after Harriet Tubman. That's just say Harriet Rose Tubman. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason they named the fucking street after her. You feel what I'm saying? She made sacrifices. She did things for the betterment of her people. Socially, you know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, like, like that, that, that was on a completely different level. Now, I'm not, now, in regards to, in regards to him being a young man, you know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, that's how life works, my nigga. You only get credit for what you've done so far. You only get credit for what you've done so far, my nigga. It's as simple as that. And we're not trying to sit him up here and compare him to these guys. We just saying, hey, listen, we respect you for what you've given us. 
we love you for what you've given us. You gave us these, yeah, you gave true. us these great cuts. We love that shit. We love you for what you've given us. Yeah. But let's not let niggas get too out of hand and put you on a pedestal that you didn't deserve while you was here alive. That's all niggas is saying. It's, it's no painfully obvious what no the disconnect is. I think and, it's painfully and, and obvious with the disconnect because the first thing I said was he is not to be compared with a social justice warrior. And I said, if you put him in that box, of course he's not a hero. And then I said, and I asked you, and you agree, is he a hip hop hero? And you said yes. So I'm still tr struggling nigga, trying to figure out what are we my, talking about? My nigga, my nigga fucking, fucking ninja is a Fortnite hero. My nigga, like what are you talking about? My Facts. Nigga, fucking fucking uh fucking uh 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 maradona is a soccer hero my facts nigga. now you what get you, it like, that don't, now that you don't get what i'm saying that don't, that don't, but those people but those people, it doesn't those, mean shit to you it doesn't mean shit to you at the end of the day it just makes you a hero at your i mean okay get it it's, it's like biggie did his job he gave us the best job he could give us at 24, which was his lyrics, because that was his job. But on the flip side, it's like, what else did he do other than be we good at his job? We have to be intellectually honest, though. Just because they're not a hero to us. There's a lot of people that's not heroes to me, but I can acknowledge that they influence, impact, and they serve as heroes for other people. And that's what y'all not doing. Y'all are being dishonest if you're saying that Biggie wasn't a hero to the streets when every we had a show we had a uh, episode on this show where we talked about how every young black man want to rap or play ball so to me that means the two biggest influences to young black rappers and ball players but what the fuck is that doing for our communities my exactly nigga, exactly we've already acknowledged that we've already acknowledged that that, that we should be pushing them but for y'all to act like like These what? people are not influences. Bro, it's no dishonest. E, why do you keep saying that when no one is saying that? Why do you the keep repeating that? When look, no look, one okay, is I'll that? use your word to act like they're not heroes. Whether we like it or not, the Project Baby Kodak Black is a hero to to young niggas in Florida and Haitians. He's not a hero. He's a role model. He's not a it's hero a to you, but he's a hero to somebody. I some alive right now that will say Kodak Black is their hero. My nigga, niggas, you two but, are going to try to tell me alive. that that's it's not happening. It's also niggas alive right now who think you less of a human because your skin is darker. So just because niggas is saying shit don't mean that it makes fucking sense, my nigga. Come on now. We all, all three of us here, we're able-minded, able-bodied young men who are conscious enough to understand what we're talking about. We're talking about a hero. We're talking about someone who's made sacrifices for the betterment of, of mankind, for the betterment of society, for the betterment of their people, so on and so forth. What honestly, what we can say is what Biggie has done his legacy is he left us good ass motherfucking music. He inspired young kids to make good ass motherfucking music. But that's all the fuck he did, my nigga. He didn't do so if somebody inspires you, what are they to like? Who is your inspiration? And then ask me or let me know is that person a hero to you? Like who? My, my who is your inspiration? Inspirations in my life. A fucking hero. You know what I'm saying? And if, if we Malcolm can acknowledge... Malcolm X, Malcolm X is an inspiration to my life. You feel what I'm saying? And that's uh, that's hero. good. But do you think that Biggie inspired anybody? Oh, yes. That's what I said. Then, then by your words, your words, you said all my inspirations are heroes. That yes, first but that's me, nigga. Point. But that's me, but, nigga. But, 
That's the second second time you agree with me. I just for the record. That's not true. You trying to you 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 trying you trying to equip you trying to make you trying to make false equivalency. That's not true. I'm just using your words, Mabaki. I said every nigga. I said I said every nigga that I look up to that I'm inspired by is a hero. And there's another nigga in the streets that can say the same thing about Big that doesn't any less valid so, that's what you're so, not understanding so, 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 so our points are not so the I'm only points in the world that, bro listen what i'm saying is if they feel that in their heart that's cute that's nice that's fine okay cool put a nigga put a post of that nigga on your wall but we're not naming fucking city blocks after this nigga come on for making raps but they are of course they are but i'm saying but that's, that's, that's what i'm saying like but that's what i'm saying like it's 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 almost like I think you know, I think you like, just don't like, understand like, like, his impact and his no, influence. No, no, like, and I'm not trying instance, to say that like, to be disrespectful, but it's obvious. No, I, I know, but if what you're I'm asking saying what, is like this, check this out. Name, so, you didn't you don't you so, didn't understand his impact. Right, but but what you also wrong. saying is so what you also saying is that it's perfectly fine to give Flavor Flavor Street named after him because him and Chuck D made one of the most powerful, influential songs in the black community called Fight the Power. I'm not going to see and the council. And we all know, and we all know Flavor Flavor was a crackhead. Listen, I'm not going to city council asking for a Flavor Flav Street name, but if enough niggas do, he's going to get it. And that's going to show me, goddamn, Flavor Flav had influence. He was an inspiration to people. I guess he was a hero to them. That's why they named his fucking street after him. He's a role Role model, model, not a hero. Influencer, impact, hero, whatever you want to call it, we can't deny it. Because realistically, realistically, when you think about the heroes that have street names after them, Biggie is no is nowhere compared to any of them. Not Harriet Tubman, to not you. Martin Luther King, not Malcolm X, none of them niggas. No, that's not to just him, nigga. That's based off of they. That's, that's okay. Mabaki and I and I offered this challenge to Barbie yesterday. So let's go out and, and like I said, I've I've I'm a student of Malcolm X, so I've heard damn near every one of his speeches. And just go out to work Me tomorrow too. and ask people to quote a Biggie lyric and then quote a. Uh, a paraphrase any of Malcolm X's speeches, and you will see the, the impact of it. By any means necessary. That, do you do, you, do you, you understand? Do you understand that Malcolm X? Do you understand what you're comparing is due to the fact that the common pedestrian cannot recite uh, 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 anything that, let's say, anything. I said about, paraphrase. Can't, can't, can't paraphrase. Can't even give me a quote. Can't even give me a quote from a Malcolm X speech from any of his speeches. So what you're saying is because Biggie's lyrics resonated more with the people, his impact can be compared to Malcolm X, who was one of the biggest civil rights leaders in in, in the history of in the history of Black American history. Right. I am not saying that. I'm okay, saying I wish I live in a world where people could quote Malcolm X speeches just like they quote Biggie lyrics, just like they quote any of these rappers. I am agreeing okay, with so, you but, but what that I'm saying is, Big is not on my wall. Malcolm X is on my wall. But what I'm saying right, is, but, but it's a we, we can't go so far to say Biggie didn't have, or I'm sorry, Biggie wasn't a, a hero to people when it's obvious. Like, like, for, instance, like, for, instance, like for instance, music music does, I mean, what is the question? Is the question a hero or not? So listen, so listen, there's like a, there's like, so there's like a, there's like a general consensus, right? So for instance, right. to some niggas around the world, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. 
of all time. But the general consensus is that it's Michael Jordan. That's the general consensus around any any around generally around basketball fans. It's Michael Jordan. Everybody here and there has their little weird thing like, oh, I think it was this person, I think it was that person. But there's a general consensus on what that what, what, what who the who the actual person is. Now, any 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 few individuals, any handful, hundreds of thousands, millions of people might feel a particular way about Christopher Wallace so they play to be like, oh man, because of the influence he had on my life, he was a hero, you feel what I'm saying? His music led me out of depression, his music moved me to this point, so on and so forth, and that's all nice, and they're entitled to feel that way, and that's good, you feel what I'm saying? What I'm saying is the general mm-hmm. consensus for the, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the word hero is high up, my nigga. To be a hero, you have to be sacrificed. Police officers, soldiers, civil rights leaders, Motherfucking people affecting their communities in positive ways. Philanthropists, motherfucking firefighters, shit like that. You feel what I'm saying? Everybody can have their little pity pat heroes. You know what I'm saying? It's no big deal. Ain't nobody gonna take that away from them. Ain't nobody gonna hit on them. But what we're saying is the general consensus of the word hero, of what of what is required of an individual to be deemed a hero, is too fucking high over. It's too it's too high above. Mr. Christopher Wallace's pigway. He didn't put in the fucking work, nor the fucking time, in my opinion, and also in Bobby's, to deserve that moniker. Because them other niggas who on that level, them other niggas who on that level, did OD wicked shit. Or not even, not even going, you could go, you could go to his peer, Nipsey Hussle, who's a rapper, who grew up, who was a fucking rolling 60s crit, grew up doing all sorts of shit, seeing all sorts of shit, and fucking mm-hmm. or wherever the fuck he was from in California, God rest his soul. You know what I mean? Changed yeah, his life. I mean, and then, and then, and then, like, and then, and then, and then, like, impact on his fucking community. And then, like, like on top of that, you know, like Eric keeps saying he died at 24. That's fine and dandy. You realize, like, Migos, which you know how I feel about Migos. I feel like they suck, but realistically, they are heroes in Atlanta. These niggas has opened up two elementary schools and like five community centers in their own hood. Like, that's what heroes do. Biggie didn't do that. Diddy did that in Biggie's name after he died. You get what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Can I make one final point? Yeah. Go for it. I'll just make one final point because it's obviously we're going to disagree. But I saw a street study. (laughs) It was done on 125th in Harlem, New York, right? And this guy, he put up three photos. He put up a photo of White Jesus. He put up a photo of Malcolm X. And he put up a photo of Marcus Garvey. And he said, he asked just random people on the street, like, which one of these three is most influential to you? And this is a predominantly black neighborhood. um, Or the people that were participating were black. And do you know about overwhelming majority, most people pick White Jesus, right? Over Malcolm X, over Marcus Garvey. Now, to me, I know why. That it speaks to the power of religion. You know what I'm saying? So while I can look at Malcolm X as one of the most influential people to me, I understand that white Jesus dominates the black community every Sunday morning. You know what I'm saying? That's who we pray to. That's who, you know what I'm saying? We worship and, and give. So what I'm saying is we have to be able to have the ability to be objective. See, you know what I'm saying? This, and, and I don't think that right. we're being objective right now if if the if you're talking about Biggie the way you're talking because yes right. like I said the, the I would love to live in a world that, where people love Marcus Marcus Garvey and Malcolm X and all our civil right. rights leaders but the and, honest and, the truth is that these rappers and ball players have more influence and are looked at 
and regarded as heroes more than the civil rights leaders. Right, and, and, I, and I do agree with you. And I, I do. Hey, but I do agree with you on the fact that, like, you know, the three picture thing, and they pick white Jesus. And this is what baffles me: is we're such of a people who is so prideful on being black, but we're still so misled. Like, we're we're followers. Exactly, like, I agree. We're, we're followers because it's like you. This is what you hear on an everyday basis. You hear. White people lied to us about our history. They did this about this. They lied, so they lied to you about everything. But you think they told you the truth about Christianity? Wow, mm-hmm. wow, that just blows my mind. How you how you can believe that they that they lied to you about everything except for this? Because the same person that called you nigger and told you you didn't have a soul, they also gave you Jesus. Yes, and I, I think we can all agree that the, the, the key to our future as a people is the youth. I think we can all agree to that. But oh what I'm God. saying is, if our method is to come in and we're going to talk shit about rappers and shit like that, I'm telling you mm-hmm. that's not the way because these people regard rappers differently than we do. That's all I'm saying. And you have to acknowledge that. And you have to put that a part of your game plan if you're trying to reach young black America. You cannot... Turn your back on hip hop and reach young black America. That's what I'm saying. Yo, family, I feel okay. you and I'm with you on the way. Let me just let me just make my final point. I'm with you, I feel you 100 percent of the way. But I wanna I wanna make it clear to you. You feel what I'm saying? As far as my stance on Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls is one of my favorite rappers. I'm from Bedstar, man, nigga. I'm from right. fucking Bedstar, nigga. You know what I mean? I'm true story. Running around that doing whatever the fuck it was he was doing. You feel me? I love Christopher Wallace. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I just feel the need to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like us as a people, we, we handicapped because of what it, because of what has been placed on us historically. You feel what I'm saying? Niggas right. got a head start on us. You feel what I'm saying? We got a lot of four hundred years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We got a lot of catching up to do. And I feel like the way to do that, not taking nothing away from these rappers. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like. All right, boom. You one of our, you one of our biggest names. You one of our biggest, I guess you could say, leaders. But what are you, what are you giving to the youth? You know what I'm saying? What is it? Cause, cause it's clear as day. Whatever these rap niggas is wearing is what these youths is wearing. Whatever drugs these rap niggas is doing mm. is what these youths is doing. Facts. Whatever fuck you feel what I'm saying? That's what I'm yeah. talking about. The influence is this. I'm saying. So I feel okay. We can't turn our back on them. But they have to be better examples. They have to understand. You ever hear? You ever hear one of these niggas go on the TV like, "Oh, I'm not a role model." You know what I'm saying? If your parents is looking at me to raise your kids and so on and so forth, yeah. I'll never trust a nigga who say that. Because if you come from the black community, these young niggas who grew up grew up knowing their mom was out working two fucking jobs, they mm-hmm. pops was a fuck right. around, and they was out in the city wanting to fuck around. And them same little niggas out in the city doing the same thing. So if you got the mindset that your parents should be raising you, and you're part of the black community in America, you know what the fuck has been going down for as long as it's been going down, I don't trust you. So those people who we shouldn't turn our backs on shouldn't turn their backs on us. They shouldn't sell us out and our youth and our future for the sake of financial gain. So that's just why. And and I agree. I didn't know you was from Bedford-Stuyvesant. In the Bible, it says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And since you're from Bedford-Stuyvesant, if you love Biggie, keep the 10 crack commandments. You know what I'm saying? Always under his name. You know what I'm saying? He taught us how to cook crack. That's something. Hell yeah, we got it. I wouldn't know how to sell crack if it wasn't for Biggie. 
and, and that's, yo, check this out. Check this out. So the fact that you just said that plays right into me and Mabaki's point. I'm joking, so Barbie. A, I was about to say, <laughs> man. Nigga, I'm not selling crack. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm not man. telling my son, hey, if you want to get in in this world, you need to rap like Biggie. I'm not telling him that. But man. like like, right. like Mabaki said, I do understand. That's why I don't like talking to young people, and I enjoy talking with Mabaki because he has an old soul. But a lot of these young dudes I can't talk to because I know that their mind and their focus is somewhere else. And it's cool because everybody's alarm clock goes off at a different time. That's why I keep adding in that he died at 24. That man didn't get a chance to live, you know? And I, yeah. I find it hard to believe yeah. that 50-year-old Biggie would have been 24-year-old Biggie. That's all yeah, I just want to also, uh, before I change topics on y'all right quick, I just want to put out there, Bucky kind of got an old soul because he fucked with me for like five months of his life. Every day from 3 a.m. to like 9 p.m. <laughs> Dead ass. That's a fact. That's a fact. You, 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 you do have some credit. <laughs> nah, but yeah. But moving on to the next topic, which I'm pretty sure we, yeah, it, it'll be some, yeah, the beehive probably gonna come after us, but it's all good though, or after me. So is Beyonce the closest we have to Mike Jackson? Um, when we say when when you ask that question, for me it's when it comes to popularity, yes. When it comes to talent, no. But as far as popularity go and the the movement that she has, yeah, she's the next best thing to Michael Jackson as far as the popularity goes. But as far as the talent goes, I always say no, because when they did the Michael Jackson tribute, they didn't ask Beyonce to do it. They asked Chris Brown to do it. Why? Because he has that, he's a pop artist, first off. Second off, he got all the Michael Jackson dance moves down. And if you don't believe me, good people, go YouTube it when he did the Michael Jackson tribute. The nigga looked like Michael Jackson with waves. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. But is Chris Brown as popular as Beyonce? No, because the Beehive will destroy the Chris Brown fans if it was like a like a goddamn Game of Thrones war or some shit. You know what I'm saying? So as far as popularity goes and what what she's able to do, like if like if Beyonce said get the strap, like niggas really gonna go get the strap. That's how popular she is. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Michael Jackson told you you could fly off a building, it's going to be some dumbass that's going to try to fly off a building. Like, that's the kind of power that they have. So popularity, yes. Talent, no. But that's just how I feel about it because I feel like Chris Brown is the closest thing we have to Michael Jackson now. And I say now, put emphasis on now because... When I was a teenager growing up, Usher was the closest thing to Michael Jackson we had. Okay. As far as music goes, as far as dance moves go, as far as, you know, this nigga, he was kind of like the five heartbeats. This nigga kiss a chick on the cheek and the bitch passed out for like three days. Like, so once Usher got old, Chris Brown kind of took over the ranks. So for me, it's Chris Brown, but as far as popularity, Beyonce holds it down 110%. Eric, what you got? This is strictly speaking from an R&B and pop perspective. So we all know Michael Jackson was the king of pop. 
Beyonce kind of got that crown right now. Um, the question being, is there anybody closer than her? Um, I'm going to say no. And we all probably watched the Netflix documentary. Um, I think yep. that was one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen in my life. I wasn't present, but I, I watched it. And then actually getting to watch, like, see her preparation and her work ethic and not really seeing nobody else give it up like that, I'm going to have to say Beyonce is the closest. Now, you already know how I feel about originators. Uh, Michael Jackson is the original king of pop, and he won't be dethroned by Beyonce, as good as she is. But I haven't seen anything in my lifetime um, closer than Beyonce when it comes to um, her performance. You know, she's the whole package. Oh. She's the whole package. Oh, bef- and just to throw one more name out there, because when he said performance, it popped in my head. Bruno Mars be shutting shit down. I just Ooh, that that's out. a good one. Bruno Mars is good. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Bucky, what you got? For me in particular, I'm. I try to look at the talent wise. Just like he said, I agree. I don't think anyone will ever like dethrone Michael Jackson because, like he said, he was the originator. He's the one who really did it. And on top of that, he broke a lot of barriers. The nigga made Thriller. You know what I mean? Like, on top of that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> amongst other amongst other great things, he broke like mad barriers for the people behind him. So I think like his pedestal is set in stone. I'm not sure anything can ever knock it over. They're trying to violate with all this uh sex out of the Oh yeah, yeah. But back to the topic. For me, it just seems like talent wise, just like he said, Shorty's the whole package. And I fuck with Chris Brown, you know what I'm saying? As far as like his his talent and music, you know what I'm saying? Like us and sing. He can dance his motherfucking ass. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Brown's probably the best dancer of this generation. I mean, as far as like a, a, not like someone who's like a choreographer, which he is as well, but someone who's like a singer, like someone who's an artist. Right. The best fucking generation. You know what I mean? But yeah. it seems like Beyonce, first of all, an amazing technical singer, can sing her heart out. Uh, um, the content of her music <laughs> is great. You know what I'm saying? Well, you don't think you don't feel like Beyonce, right? Mm. <laughs> you don't feel like Beyonce can sing? Um, Beyonce can talk, sing? Barbie. Talk in the, in the opinion that Beyonce can sing. I, I feel like I, I feel like this is how I feel. There was once this group named Destiny's Child. I'm sure you remember. Yeah, I've always felt Kelly Rowland had a better voice than Beyonce, but Kelly Rowland got shut out because she was dark skin. I've always felt like what that. dark skin. I've always felt like that. I can't speak on that. You feel what I'm saying? Because, you know what I mean? When Destiny's Child was, was, was vibing, I was like seven. You know what I mean? So I, 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 yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> so I'm going to let y'all niggas, I'm going to let y'all niggas touch on that particular point. But Beyonce, for me, in my opinion, just based off of the quality of music, just based off of the fact, so, like, uh, she's popular, but you don't get this fucking popular if you're not motherfucking good. You know what I mean? You don't like, get these types of fame. If you not, if you not a dog, then what the fuck you do? Well, okay, so so I'm gonna stop you right there before you finish. So popularity is like you just have to have some talent and never heard it somewhere else before to make it great, if that makes sense. Because every like I think I was telling Eric this, every kid from the age of 20 years old and younger, they think Migos is the best boy group ever. But because they've never heard of, because they've never heard Outkast, you get what I mean? Like, I so it's one of those things. Like they're the most popular boy group 
because that's all kids know. They don't know Outkast. They don't know Goody Mob. They don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like, for instance, like kids that's like your age, like girls that's like your age, they think like, uh, what's that stupid ass boy band um, Diddy had? Day 26 or some shit? Yeah. Like, they think that shit was hot. But that's because they didn't hear the one twelves and the Drew Hills and the Black Streets. You get what I'm saying? So I'm to be popular, so so to be popular, that just means you gotta have some talent. Because when you when you sit down and break down all the female artists that's like in the Beyonce world, like you can't say. I mean, like you have to show me some real facts that. She's that much better than Whitney Houston, and we know she no, was no, the no, queen forever. No, 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 no. She's, no, she's, she's better than Shaka Khan. Or she's yo, better Houston, than Aretha Franklin. Might be, Whitney Houston might be the greatest singer of all time. Whitney Houston might be the greatest singer of all time, like hands down. Like she's not touching Whitney Houston's vocals, but it's a matter. Of Whitney Houston. But, but that's what I'm saying. So, huh? Whitney Houston can't dance like Beyonce. Right, but Beyonce can't dance like Sierra or Shakira. Okay, but what I'm saying is you gotta look at the package, right? It's it's like, it's like we're looking at basketball stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right, certain right. Things to do certain things at certain level, and certain mm-hmm. things overcom- certain things overcompensate for other things. So if we mm-hmm. if we're taking a step back and we looking, Beyonce is a high level singer. I guess you don't believe that, but the the general consensus is she's a high level singer, a high yes. level performer. Mm-hmm. She has. Her content is on a high level, and on top of that, she's a high level dancer. So her crazy. Now, one thing I have, one one thing I have told Eric as well is, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan, and I say fuck the Beehive any day. But one thing I will never take, I will never take away Beyonce's accomplishments and what that woman is able to do with everything she touches. Like she could come, fucking. Like, if Beyonce says she eat ass, the whole world is going to start eating ass on camera. Like, it is what it is. Like, that bitch is like a genie in the ball. Well, you brought up you brought up Chris Brown earlier. So, I say let's, let's compare those two. You said Chris Brown is closer than Michael Jackson. Um, one thing I remember from watching Michael Jackson perform was the electricity that was always in the building. Like, it was crazy. And I kind of yeah. seen to that. This day. I seen that in the Netflix special. I, I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen that type of electricity from a Chris, Chris Brown performance. Yo, yo, yo! Oh, can yes, I you just, have, can my I, nigga. Can yes, you have, my fast. nigga. All you gotta do is go on YouTube. Fast. All you gotta do is go on YouTube and 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 put in this song called "Take You Down" and watch how the whole building just went fucking crazy. Can I? Can I? Can I, can I just say something real fast? Yeah. Go bro, for it, bro. I'm mother. I was born in '96, my nigga. I don't know when the fuck this nigga Michael Jackson performed at the Super Bowl. Bro, t- bro, I swear to God, I watched it for the first time like three years ago. Son, I had chills running all up and down my body, my nigga. This nigga jumped out on top of the fucking <laughs> yeah. and looked yeah. at niggas for four minutes. Yeah, and I was sitting over there shaking. I was like, son, what the fuck is good right now, boy? Yeah. The crowd yeah. is going nuts. Like, Michael Jackson's electricity was going completely diffusing. He was, oh my. Michael Jackson is so crazy. See, but then, see, but, but this is, but this is where I mean. But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this topic and this conversation because, like you said, when you look at the total package, then you have to give it to Beyonce. 
But when you break it down, it's so many. Like, for instance, Michael Jackson, he used to hold the record for the most number one hits, right? Yes. No, what? I, I think he still has that. No, he doesn't. Rihanna does. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Yes. Rihanna has the most number one hits of any R&B and pop artist of all time. So, but that's her category. That doesn't mean she's better than Beyonce. But just know she got more number one hits than Beyonce and Michael Jackson. And then then when you go on the flip side, Chris Brown has more pop hits than Beyonce, which is what Michael Jackson was, the king of pop. I think the only only, uh, thing that Chris Brown beats beats Beyonce in is if it was a Michael Jackson impersonation competition. No, he's a better dancer than her. He's a better dancer than her. Yeah, now, what I never he does, said, but, yeah, but you yeah, can't. But we can't deny that it. Beyonce can't. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Chris Brown could do Beyonce. No, I don't think so. Like all this shit. I mean, like, granted, I do be you know talking a little bit of shit, but it's all fun and game. Like, yeah, you know, it, it's. You got to put me in the room with two people and ask me a question. You, if that, if you get where I'm going, like if you put me in the room and said, "Who would you rather fuck, Beyonce or Precious?" Uh, duh. But if you put me in the room and said with Rihanna and Beyonce, it was like you, you can only fuck one. Now you got me at a crossroad where I probably got to smoke a blunt, do coke for the first time, just to clear my mind and all this other shit. That's they're easy. Both, that's, they're both very beautiful. Hey, that's yeah. easy. It's Rihanna all day. We'll never disrespect the God. Hope. You know what I'm saying? Right, but I'm just saying. I feel like I, I feel like I feel that on a personal. I feel that on a very personal level, my nigga. Right. Yo, but you, up, but you get where I'm going with that, though. But you get where I'm going with that, like. But at the same time, in the same sentence, Beyonce's beehive is bigger than. Anybody's that we know of outside of Michael Jackson is like literally. This is my list for the most popular people: Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Janet Jackson. Uh, Janet, <laughs> no, I'm talking about musicians, fool. Do Do you think Chris Brown is going to be legendary? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I just wanted to throw that out there. I was wondering. That man. That man. Now look, Chris Brown, bro. Chris Brown. Something else that nigga's in, bro. Chris Brown can sing his ass off too. Yeah, he can really sing. Great, and he's probably the best dancer of this generation. You know, I mean, just focusing on his music and his, I mean, career because you know, yeah, controversial nigga. I'm saying, but that that motherfucker, like that motherfucker, something else. Yeah, is Chris Brown a hero? Uh, I just fucked with you. Oh. <laughs> Come on, you, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that, bro. You can't be doing that, bro. Hey, real shit. When that nigga said, when that nigga, yo, when that nigga said, is Chris Brown a hero? My hell boy almost <laughs> came out. <laughs> I was about to get hella mad and be like, yo, here we go with this, this shit again. <laughs> All right, but so, so Mabaki, you saying Beyonce is the closest thing? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Beyonce. I concur. Okay. You say Beyonce, I say Chris Brown. It's not a biggie. It is what it is. Yeah, big, much respect to both of those artists. Right, straight up. So, 
we're gonna move on to the did james harden get robbed and this one is gonna be so easy for me because just in the previous topic um abaki made it easy for me to answer this topic you know how you said Beyonce was the total package, even though certain people are better than her at certain stuff. Like, that's what the MVP boiled down to. It wasn't about the stats. It was about the eye test. Like, in the eye test, because I had to go look up these stats last night because I was talking to Eric about it. I looked up these stats that the NBA had put out, and quarters one through three is where James Harden was most dominant. In 82 games, he only averaged four to six points in the fourth quarter. Where on the flip side, Giannis averaged 12 to 15 points in the fourth quarter, which means Giannis was leading his team to victories where James Harden from the eye test was like, nah, don't give me the ball because I want to blame it on y'all if we lose. You get what I'm saying? Now, stat-wise, James Harden was killing him in every category except for rebounds. Or, yeah, rebounds it was. And it's like, so stat-wise, James Harden should have got the MVP. But, like I was telling Eric, I'd rather have somebody who's going to give me 100% for 60 minutes instead of somebody who's only going to give me, the give me, you know, don't give me 100% quarters one through three. Because I feel like greatness, like for instance, uh, like my example was Charles Barkley won the MVP in 1993 over Michael Jordan, even though Michael Jordan beat him in the finals and all his stats was better than him. But that was because, like I told E when I looked up those stats, Michael Jordan was a first half player. This nigga would score like 36 points in the first half, but then quarters three and four that year, he was busy dishing out assists and grabbing rebounds to to get his team, you know, to get his team involved. So it was like, but if Jordan would have played all four quarters, it would have hands down been Jordan's MVP. But because Charles Barkley went hard for four quarters the whole season, Michael Jordan only gave you a half, maybe three quarters, depending on who they was playing. And then he, you know, he was dishing out rebound, you know, dishing out assists and rebound, getting rebounds the other part of the time. That's how he lost it. And that's the same thing with James Harden. Mind you, that's how James Harden won his first MVP. LeBron James was so busy getting buckets in the first half, but then trying to get his team involved in the second half that he didn't win the MVP. That's why I stand on it. So I don't think he got robbed. I think he fucked himself. So, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll just say this, man. I'm starting to see a trend in the NBA, especially the last five years. Um, with the exception of Russell Westbrook, they've been going with the best player on the best team. And when I say the best team, I'm talking about the best regular season team. Um, if you look mm-hmm. back, uh, I think to 2014, Steph Curry won in 2014 and 2015. Um, Russell Westbrook had the triple-double season. He won it. James Harden and the Houston Rockets was the best team last year, and they won it. And the same thing for Giannis. So um, I'm going to say he got robbed because I don't feel like the voters are actually looking for the best or the most valuable player. I think what they're doing is saying, I mean, as simple as this, who got the best record? Who's the best? You know, and, and their voting is starting to show that, you know. And I'll say this. I think James Harden robbed LeBron James, you know, last year. 
So um, I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, he did get robbed. You shouldn't have a historic season and then come up short in the MVP vote, in my opinion. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Giannis balled out. You know, shout out to him. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say he got robbed. 36 points a game. Come Ooh, on, man. God damn. So for me, it's a very interesting situation. Like I said, um, I wasn't upset that Giannis won. I think it was a I think it was a pretty close race. I think there's a case that can be made for um James Harden winning. For me, the way I look at the MVP is what player had the had the first had the highest degree of difficulty, managed to overcome that degree of difficulty. Uh how well did they play? Uh how many how many how many other great players did they have around them? Things like that for me. So I think that's good for Giannis is the fact that only all-star he's playing with is fucking Chris Middleton. No disrespect to that man. He's a baller. That nigga doing his thing. But he was an all-star because Yon- somebody else got hurt. Vic, because Vic got hurt. Because Victor Oladipo got hurt. You know what I'm saying? So no disrespect yeah. to the dude. I mean, and that team solid. They have a great team solid. The only nigga who was doing whatever the fuck they was doing was Giannis Antetokounmpo. The only nigga who was like really like wilding out. The only star they had on their team. Was Giannis, you know what I'm saying? Well, when you come over here, he did. CP3 was gone for like I think like 20 games of the season, but it's an 82 game season, and you had CP3 is regarded as one of the best point guards in history. Right now, he's not as good as he was, but he's probably mm. still like. Uh, oh, you don't think CP3 is one of the best point guards in history? Mm. You don't think he's like? You don't think he's like top 10, top five, maybe? Top 15. You crazy? You think he's top 10? You crazy? Mm. You think he's top 10? Mm. We pausing this conversation. We gonna figure out what the fuck. He was hands down like the best point guard for an era. Like, well, I don't want to say an era, but a good five year period. Him and Deron Williams, those those were only two. Mm. What point guards are better than are better than Chris Paul? Oh, you talking about uh, in history? Talking about in history? Yeah. Um, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, that's Steve Nash. That's debatable. I feel like those are all debatable. Uh, Jason Kidd for sure is debatable. This, this kid, first of all, stop. Jason not better. Jason Kidd's not better than Tim Hardaway. Stop. Tim Hardaway's not better than yeah, Tim Hardaway. Stop. Wasn't better. Who, Tim Hardaway, who, Jason who, Kidd wasn't better than that nigga. Who's the original guy in the crossover? Tim Hardaway. Who was the originator of the crossover? Tim Hardaway. I agree. Okay, thank you for uh, the game, but you could. Uh, what's his name? Um, what's the name? Isaiah Thomas. Magic yeah. Johnson. Yes, that's true. Uh, to me, I like Mike, and this is me. I like Mike Bibby better than I like Chris Paul. You're out of it. Okay. Well, let's just continue with the conversation we were having before. So for me, it's, so for me, <laughs> so for me, it's like. I don't know. I'm on the fence about the shit. Cause for real, if you look at it, bro, 36 points a game, my nigga. On top of having all of those assists, granted he is playing in a Mike D'Antoni system, which does boost their stats up. But at the end of the day, this nigga had a ridiculous season. And the fact of the matter is, them niggas at one point in the season was like at the bottom of the West. And then they was at the bottom of the West at a pivotal point in the season when that nigga Chris Paul was out. That nigga had to I elevate think, his game and turn right. it up all the way to get them back to where like, like, like for me, like for me, when it came to James Harden, as y'all know, I don't like James Harden. 
I don't like Russell Westbrook, but I don't take what they accomplish away from them. 36 points a game when you have three-pointers and two-pointers and free throws, that's nice. But, you know, but then when we turn well, around, but, but then, but then no, points. but listen, but that's where I'm going. But then when we turn around and, or you hear old head or somebody say some shit like, well, Kareem got to be the GOAT then because this nigga went a whole season averaging 50 points a game when it was only two-pointers. But, family, you got to understand. Like, that's like... That's, <laughs> such false, that's such a false equivalency, first of all. But the reason... Look, but the reason... The reason that it's equivalent is because you watch James Harden play basketball. All he does is he, he, get, he, he flops around a lot. He travels a lot to get his shot. Like, nigga... Uh, Bro, I'm just me, saying. Let me let me rebut that point. Let me rebut that point particularly. There's a there's a ilk. There's a certain ilk. It's like a badge, like a Hall of Fame badge that they should put in 2K for a certain group of niggas who cannot be guarded. Right now, I can only think of KD. Well, God, God willing, he comes back normal from that Achilles injury. KD and James Harden. Can y'all think of any other players who are unguardable right now? Kyrie might be up there, but. Fuck no. Why'd they stifle him in the playoffs? Because like so I didn't have energy when I said it, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shout so out to my real, So, for real, like, we're talking about two players who, for goddamn sure, no matter what you do, this nigga's gonna create a bucket. But, but, but what I'm saying, but what I'm also saying, it was a lot of niggas that were on sucky teams that were unguardable. And I'm gonna give you one. His name was Agent Zero. Gilbert Arenas. This nigga used and abused everybody. Literally. But his team sucked, so he didn't get the notoriety until he got out the league, and then niggas was like, damn, this highlights was lit lit. But for niggas who, but but for people who had the eye test, like the eye test means a lot more than your stats. And and when you go look at James Harden's stats, they, they are. They the best of the best of the best. But when you go look at the eye test, even his ESPN highlights are only quarter one through three. You've never seen James Harden hit a game-winning shot. You've that's never true, seen James Harden. That's not true. He's a game-winner on Golden State over Draymond Green, nigga. This when? season. This season. I can pull up the highlights oh, right you, now. You talking about in the regular season, right? Regular season? Yeah, family. Oh, about. okay. Eric, how you feel about the Eric, how you feel about the regular season? <laughs> Y'all, family, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. The regular season don't mean hold on, shit. Let's pause for a second. Giannis ran Giannis ran into co, 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 <laughs> ran into number two, ran into the claw, and them niggas won one game. That's true. But what I'm saying Damn, is let's not get and, and this is another reason why you gotta give Giannis the MVP. Remember, he beat he beat James Harden twice this year. So what? That would mean this is a team sport. So, the MVP is so, so, the individual so, award. So, but, but you also know superstar to superstar, like whoever wins that shit, nine times out of ten go get the big award. Like Fuck that's no, just the that don't mean shit. That don't mean shit. That doesn't even make sense. That's a that's a that's a that's a game. It's a team. It's a game against two different teams. But, 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 the, but, the, reason, the, but the reason, but the reason I say that is, but the reason I say that is. Like, the reason I say that is because when you look at the NBA Finals this year, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard was not the best nigga on the court and on both teams. Who was then? Steph Curry was on both teams. What the fuck he wasn't? What are you talking about? Are you Steph crazy? Curry shot, Steph Curry shot 40% from the motherfucking field. 
Steph Curry is a 90-50-40 player. He shot 40%. But he also, he shot, he shot 40% from the field, but he had like three games where he scored 38 or more. Like, what? No, 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 hell no. He averaged like, he averaged like 22, my nigga. What are you talking about? This is why I have a problem with it real quick. Like, this just reminds me of how it was, I think, in 2004, 2005, when Shaq should have won the MVP. And I think, like you said, Mabaki, Kobe dropped 35 one year and Steve Nash won and it didn't both times. That's like, a popularity contest. Yeah, that's the thing that bothers me about this. I feel like a popularity contest. He was just the best player on the best team, you know, and Giannis is next up. Everybody knows, so it's like, let's give him his roses now. But like, yo, not to take nothing. Out, yo, the shit when he talked about his dad was touching. It was. That shit, it was. That shit, that shit was heart wrenching, my nigga. That shit crazy. Man. All right. Well, you know, y'all say, y'all say, James Harden got robbed. I say, fuck him. Feed him to the wolves. I mean, so, it's not too late. I think I think James Harden is still ascending. I don't think we've seen the best of James Harden. I mean, all I know is no. All I know is when Chris Paul leaves that team, if there's not another superstar coming in, it's time for James Harden to go ahead and go to Golden State like everybody else doing. No, nah, I don't think he has to do that. <laughs> I think I think I mean, But Chris Paul's Chris Paul. This nigga, Chris Paul. Is committing highway robbery. Chris Paul, what do you think of Chris Paul, what's the first thing that come to your mind? Injury. You feel me? My man is about to be 37 years old, making 41 million dollars off of this. Playing, playing half That's a season, good business, baby. That's good. <laughs> my nigga don't even play half a season. My That's nigga, my nigga, my nigga, like Chris Paul. It's like an E7 in the army. You never seen them run a PT test. Never seen them niggas. That- <laughs> <laughs> that's Chris Paul. Uh, for everybody that's not doing PT this morning, fall out. Chris Paul is falling out, my nigga. That nigga slides. That nigga slides. But this nigga's never getting chapped out, though. Well, I think for the past three years, he's missed an average of 20 games. Like, it's like it's crazy, and he generally misses and the twenty games, games coming to playoffs, my nigga. This would be crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, I like this is one of the few MVP races that, at the end of the day, realistically, whichever one would have won, I would have been like, it was well deserved. So, like, if if James Harden would have won it, I'd have been like, it was deserved because the nigga did ball, even though I don't like him. He did ball. So if he would have won, I'd have been like, he do, he, you know, he earned that shit. But because Giannis won, it's also like that nigga put in work too. Because I look at it again in my perspective from the eye test. If Giannis misses 50 games, Milwaukee don't even make the playoffs. Like that's how I look at it. That's true. So, but that's so, you, can say the same, bro, you can say the same thing for the for the Rockets, bro. I'm telling you, they were. I think the Rockets, the Rockets without James Harden, the motherfuckers would have been like the seventh seed, though. But they wouldn't have been the third or the fourth seed. They would have been like the seventh seed. Like they barely would have got in Before because you know. Mind you, mind you, James Harden had like six. 50 point fucking games this year before he started right yeah against the goddamn Washington no, Wizards and the hell, Dallas Mavericks and the New York Knicks no yo, I can score 50 he did drop 50 on the Knicks but 
He dropped it. He, he did drop. Don't stop. You just got me mad because you just brought that memory back up. <laughs> but I'm saying, um, like LeBron, you right now are in the prime of your life. That nigga, I believe you can drop 50 on the people that the Knicks got right now. You wild. These niggas is different, bro. These niggas will play in the league. These niggas will play in the league on a different type on a different type time. I'm just saying, but you know, y'all say he got robbed. I say he didn't. It is what it is. We're gonna move right on around. Um matter of fact, good people, we have two more topics to go. Um right now we're gonna pay some bills, jam a little bit, and we'll get right back to you on Let's Talk About It. Yo, yo, welcome back, good people, to the second half of Let's Talk About It. Y'all already know what it is. I'm your host, Ace Barbie, with the gang, Mabaki and Eric. Yo. What up? So, yo. so we got, of course, y'all know we got Who's Better coming up. But right now, we're going to get into some, to some, to a deep topic. You know, I don't know how deep it can get, but for me, this is a very effective topic, especially in our community as black people. Uh, because it's something that we never talk about. Uh, it's our toxic mothers just as bad as absent fathers. And the, the reason that I feel like this is a bigger topic than the absent father is because, unfortunately, we've gotten used to having absent fathers in the Black household, but we never really know why he's absent. And Somewhere along the lines, you know, mothers are not perfect. You know, I think we we built this we built this thing in our community where mom is always right, dad's a piece of shit. But it's like, what if mom is at home being toxic, like your father ain't shit, or he left you and don't want to deal with you? That's not even the case. The case may be you're being a dickhead, not letting me see my kid. You get what I mean? So, like, are toxic mothers just as bad as absent fathers? Yes, because the reality of it is you can't bash a, a, a human being for not wanting to deal with you or making a mistake and using his kid as the middle ground to make him do what you want or not do what you want or whatever the case may be. And as the absent father, you're a dickhead because nobody can keep you away from your kids if you really want to see them. Like, that's the reality of it. But what I've been noticing over the past few years of like, you know, I'm not going to say anybody's names, but women that I've come in contact with or that I know, like, they all have this bashful mentality and they rub it off on their kids. Like, you have these women who raise these young girls on the premise of, fuck these men. You don't need a man, and men can't do shit for you because you're better. That's very toxic because you're raising a dickhead just like you. And, and on the flip side, you have the mothers who are also raising or attempting to raise young men but they're raising a boyfriend and not a young man. Because I see a lot of them, they treat their kids like they like they treat their sons like that's that's their boyfriends versus their children. And he grows up, and a lot of cases they grow up to be 
womanizers because your mom can only teach you how to respect women, how to talk to women, how to treat them, how not to treat them. You know what I'm saying? That's all she can teach you as a mother. And then we have the infamous day of the year where men get one day. It's called Father's Day. I hate it. I think it's ugly and disgusting when women are like, happy Father's Day to myself or happy Father's Day to the women who doing both. You're not doing both, my nigga. You're being a single mother. That's all you can be. You can never be a father. Like, you may take the place of two parents, but you're still a mother. You're not a father because you're not teaching them how to be a man. You're not teaching them what men can teach them. You're teaching them what a woman can teach them. So for me, it's very disgusting to see women be like, happy Father's Day to me. Or, happy Father's Day to the women doing both. Now, granted, my mom was a single mother. But not one time did she ever say happy Father's Day to me or why y'all ain't tell me happy Father's Day because she did take up the slack where my dad wasn't there. Like, you know, as a kid, I wanted my dad at all my football games. He wasn't able to make every football game. So the ones he wasn't able to make, my mom was there. But she was at every game anyway. So she was doing what a mother was supposed to do, not what a, a dad was supposed to do. She was doing what a mother was. So for me, I find it very disgusting that women are not all let me make that very clear not all women but some are are very toxic to their kids and then it's a trickle-down effect and it all started in my opinion it started right after martin luther king died the government swooped in and said hey black woman you don't need that black man here go welfare check here go food stamps here go housing you don't need him and that's when it all started crumbling when the, the the toxic shit start happening in our community. Because women was like, well, I only gotta pay $25 for rent and all I gotta do is kick you out? Oh shit, you gone, my nigga. And I get food stamps and they give me another check and they taking whatever money you get for child support. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's when that toxic shit started. But that's just how I feel about it. Uh, Eric, what you got? So com in comparing the two or trying to decipher whether you know it's worse to be a toxic mother or a deadbeat dad um i'm gonna have to stay in the middle on this one only because i believe in the, the importance of you know two-parent household now i understand mm -hmm. like i said you're not gonna have that in every situation well right. if you're not gonna be together then y'all can at least co-parent together you know so i always look at the responsibility for both parents. Now, even some of my homeboys, they they chose the wrong chick, you know what I'm saying? Who, you know, they, that's that quintessential toxic mother that you're describing. Um, but I even look at them, I'm like, you know, bro, hey, how'd you get with her? Like, like you didn't see the signs, you know what I'm saying? Like, why did you put yourself in this situation? I always put the responsibility, um, I think it's a shared responsibility. Uh, a toxic mother is gonna show you that she's a toxic mother by some of her actions before yep. you know what i'm saying you get and i think it's important that we pay attention to that now after you get you know you have a child with her and you're in a relationship i mean it's something that you got to deal with now um and it's unfortunate but like i don't think it helps just to say 
oh, she's toxic. My mother's a piece. Of, I mean, my baby mother's a piece of shit. You know, she don't never let me see the kids and stuff like that. It's like that all may be true, but we got to ask ourselves at the end of the day, how did you end up with her? You know, so I believe right. in sharing responsibility. It takes two. Right. You know, and, um, and to answer the question, I do think there is they're equally as bad as a deadbeat. Dad. Okay. Right. And, and just, you know, like, and like Eric was saying, you know, not every situation is a two-parent household. Like, uh, like Mabaki and his wife, they're raising their children correctly. You know, in the, the, the traditional way, Eric and his wife in the traditional way. I'm one of the ones who, I'm not in the household, but what I will go on the limb and say is, me and my daughter's mom, we do not see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But when it comes to parenting, like we're like the best two people in the world. Like, you know, we may argue a lot, but we never do it in front of our kids. And, you know, if we have a disagreement, it, it's just that. It's just a disagreement. But then when it comes to parenting, like I'm where I'm at, she's where she at. But if my daughter gets in trouble at school, she calls and be like, hey, you need to talk to your daughter because I'm a killer. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, so you can you can be good co-parents but not one time have i ever heard my daughter's mom say stuff like happy father's day to me or your father ain't shit or she you don't want yeah she does like and, and i'll be the first person to say i haven't always been the best person to deal with i haven't always did the right thing but she's never gave up on me either. Cause it could have been, she could have easily gave up on me and been like, yo, he a piece of shit just like everybody else. But she didn't, so she does. She really appreciates me and my relationship with my with my daughter. So, you know, not everybody that's co-parenting is, you know, hateful and spiteful, but it's a lot of it. And it's almost like, like you said, Eric, because you believe in two-parent household, I agree with you that both are equally bad. But it's kind of one of those things like in our community, it's always a thing of somebody's talking bad about the other one. Like whether whether he doing right or she doing right or they doing wrong, like your family business should be just that, your family business. So it's like, you know, like I said, when me and my daughter's mom have disagreements, you'll never see it on social media. You know, she might send me a text and cuss me out, but that's fine because that's family business. That's not, so you know what I'm saying? Like you see the stuff on social media. So th that's what I was saying as far as like the toxic moms because like you only hear or you only see on social media where the dad talks shit about the mom after he even seen her already started the shit. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like his pride got in the way, so now he got to say some stupid shit. Even though that's not always the case. I remember we see. My back is on you. Um, for me on this particular topic, uh, I do agree with the with the main question that like toxic mothers are just as bad as absent fathers. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, that's clear as day. That's a no-brainer for me or for anybody. For anybody. Um, what I think we need to do is I think we need to take this opportunity to to harp on the importance of of looking at looking at the children, especially in our communities, as like as as, as raising them as a, or looking at the looking at the uh, uh, the format of raising children as a village, 
You feel what I'm saying? It's been a lot of, you know what I mean? Right. Like the black community has been through enough. You feel what I'm saying? And granted, things ain't going to always work out. Ideally, you would love to have a two-parent household, but you know what I mean? Life is life. You feel what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you got to do what's not only best for your kids, but what's also best for your sanity. You feel what I'm saying? Sometimes these situations just don't work out. And it may be best for everybody at the end of the day for you guys to just go parent at a relatively safe distance. You feel what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, as long as the child is well taken care of, as long as they get the nurturing they need from both parents, get the get the, get um get everything they need from both parents, it's not a problem at all. But what we need to do as a people, I think, is harp on the importance of raising these children at the village, looking after all the kids on the block, not really trying to segregate these things. We gotta look at it, we gotta look at our communities. I mean, as families, not getting all in deep, you know I mean, letting these niggas wild out or nothing, but you know. Look out for them kids how you look out for yours. You feel what I'm saying? And that's the only way we're going to be able to grow. Yeah. Uh, only, that's the only way. That's, that's one of the few ways that we're going to be able to make up for the lost ground that we've already had. You feel what I'm saying? So for me, like I said, right. my question is a no-brainer. You a toxic mother. You doing all that nut shit to like your sons and your daughters. Of course, of course you're as bad as an absent father because the psychological toll of not having a father figure in your life. You know what I'm saying? Not having your, your biological... Uh, 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 father in your life is, is is crazy you know what I'm saying but at the same time if you over here saying all this crazy shit to your child because it, it really it's a form of demeaning them if you're telling them your father didn't want you you know what I'm saying your father didn't want nothing to do with you to them it's like damn what the fuck did I do you know what I'm saying like am I not worth shit you know what I'm saying like what's going on with that so of course you on the level plane you know what I'm saying like you, you but for me both of y'all on the level plane so I think we just need to push those people to the side i mean pray for those people try to reform those people let them know what they're doing and let them know the impact that it has because that cyclical shit is real generally what you do to these kids they'll do to their kids and all it's going to do is hold us back so let's raise these kids like a village it is. can i be can i like be honest though like i think it's i i've looked at some of my homeboys that you know have mothers that abandon them and stuff like that and I, if I'm honest, I don't view it the same as when a father abandoned his kid. And I know that sounds wild because I do agree, like I said, that they're both equally as important. But like, I do feel some kind of way if I'm to be honest when a mother or uh, abandons their kid, you know, and some of my homeboys yeah, grew me. up without their mother. It's it, it's almost like it's it feels different to me. I know they're equally the same, but it's unnatural. Yeah, it's unnatural. Yeah. And I don't want to say it's worse, but like I said, I do think it has a different impact because um, I've seen a lot of dudes overcome that, you know. Um, but yeah. when you when you when you ain't got your mother, that's rough. That's right. Yeah, it is. Like the the person that you came from is there. That yeah, that that hits a little different than you know, because like the first person you see most of the time is mom. Like you know when they pull you out, get you cleaned up. They put you in mommy's arms. So that's who you, like, you've been inside of her for nine months. Like, that's who you connect with. Like, it is what it is. So, like you said, it's just a, it's an unnatural feeling. It's like, wait a minute. This shit ain't normal. For the first like, what? Of life, like, there's something that your mother gives you from her breast. You know what I mean? That your biological mother imparts on you from her breast. And that's facts. You know what I mean? Like, being, right. like, not having your mother there for you to raise you. Not having like that person who's wound, who carries you in a womb, went through that traumatic experience mm -hmm. with you, it's it's OD. For it's definitely completely unnatural. But luckily, luckily, granted, it still does happen. Luckily, the rates at which it happens compared to when the males are, are far smaller. So, yeah, and 
and I do like you know him. You know, are toxic moms just as bad as absent fathers? Look, let me tell you this too. I want to give a big shout out to all the stepfathers in the world because a lot of them sacrifice their own life to make sure a lot of us as young black men had fathers. You know, because we could have, like the ones that had good stepfathers, you could have been in the house with just a mom and a bunch of siblings losing your damn mind. But there was some man that stepped in and did what he needed to do for his family, you know, to keep order in his family. And you had a great childhood. So shout out to the step parents in the world, whether they're moms or dads, because like you said, they're both equally bad for the one that's not there, the absolute. And you know, it also helps the other parent not be as toxic. You get what I'm saying? Because you don't feel the need to be toxic when you got that help. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So shout out to the step, shout out to the step parents out there on that one. But overall, just like Eric said, I think we all in agreement that it's equally bad. You know, yeah, toxic moms are just as bad as absent moms. Like it is what it is. But I think, like Mabaki um, was saying too, I think we have to get over stop like the people who co-parenting. We have to get over the hump of stop trying to one up each other. Stop trying to be better than the next one to prove a point. Like start looking at your kids as even though we're not together, we're still family. Like you have to look at it like a villain. Because the reality of it is like if I see Mabaki's son or I see son or daughter out doing something they ain't got no business doing, yes, I'm gonna personally snatch them up. And then I'm gonna check them. I'm not gonna put my hands on them because that's not my place. But yes, I'm gonna check you real good. And then I'm gonna take you home so you can get checked again. Like that's, that's what family does. You get what I mean? And I would and I would expect the same for y'all if y'all seen my daughter out doing some off the wall shit. Like, yeah, go snatch her ass up, check her real good, bring her to the crib, and we're gonna handle it from there. Like, cause that's what family does as a village, like you said. Somewhere along the lines, we've lost that concept. And like me and Eric had a conversation before it started right after Martin Luther King died. Exactly. The government stepped in. The government stepped in and said, here go these food stamps, here go this housing. You get to take half his money when he get paid, and you devalued the black man. So it kind of forced him to leave, or he got kicked out because she wanted money more than she wanted family. And that's where the destruction started at. So, that's that on that topic. Let's move right on along to the fun shit. Who's Better is finally back. We got four Who's Better. Um, I'll start the first one off. Um, You know, as I tell everybody, I put a poll up on my Instagram. We did it on Facebook as well. And... um, most of the feedback comes from the Instagram for some reason, but we're going we gonna to build up that Facebook. Don't worry. But the first one was who's better NCAA basketball or the NBA? Um, for me, I chose NCAA basketball because I feel I don't even watch the NBA until after all-star break because I feel like they don't have shit to play for early in the season. I feel like after All-Star, that's when they all start jockeying for position for playoffs. 
But in college basketball, as soon as that ball tip off in October, nigga, you gotta play everything like it's your last because that could be the game that could determine whether you get into the tournament or don't make the tournament. So I feel like NCAA, they have more to play for in basketball. I went with NCAA basketball. I'm a boxing. Uh, for me, it's NBA basketball. Really, it's the skill level. It's, it really is the zone defenses that kill me. Uh, it's the lack of spacing, the skill level. You feel what I'm saying? Like here, like in the right, like for instance, like watching ACC basketball is like it's, it's pretty good. You feel what I'm saying? But like I said, like the fluidity of NBA basketball. You feel what I'm saying? The, the the difference in speed, the difference in athleticism, the level of skill that these, the, the level of skill and technique that these professionals display on a regular basis is ridiculous. You feel what I'm saying? On the bummy is a team. I mean, i.e. certain teams we're not gonna talk about right now. You feel what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? You saying like it's it's, it's, it's like the fluidity, like, the flu, like these niggas' minds move at 100 miles a minute. Like it's, it's ridiculous, and you can see, you can you can definitely see it. The one thing that stands out about college basketball, of course, is the tournament because it's a single elimination tournament. You never know who the fuck going to do what. It's been a long time since, like, the best team in the league, the best team in, in NCAA basketball really won the fucking, the fucking tournament. When was the last time that shit even happened? Where the number one ranked team won the tournament? I think Duke. When? Back in 2015, yeah, I think we had Justice Winslow. Nah, uh, but Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky was undefeated up until the tournament that year. I thought Kentucky lost to Wisconsin. But, that but, year. They, but I'm saying, but up until up until the tournament, Kentucky hadn't lost all season that year. Oh, you saying you talking about the best team? Oh yeah, start yeah, that yeah, finish, that not just because I wanted to play Kentucky. I remember that. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's been a while since like the the best motherfuckers really won. So that excitement of March, like, NBA is a toss up too. I mean, I mean this year, but come on, like it's been, it's pretty much been like, uh, pretty much been like, uh, it's really been I mean, one of those days for a while. If you think about it, last year the Houston Rockets was the number one team in the NBA and the West. But 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 having the number one record in the NBA, having the number one record doesn't really make you the number one team. You know what I'm saying? Like those years that, like those years in um when LeBron when LeBron was with the Heat, the motherfucking um the Bulls had the number one record in the NBA. But we all motherfucking knew that there was a few teams who were definitely better teams than the Bulls. But. So, uh, all right, Eric, what well, you got? When I was growing up, yeah, it was the NBA all day. Obviously, Michael Jordan played in the league. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. Um, but I say when I hit high school, that's when I really started, like, paying attention to college basketball. And it just became more exciting. For me, um, like I said, I like the Charlotte Hornets, and then they moved. And that kind of, like, messed it up for me with NBA basketball. Not having a team just... It, you make it, it makes you watch the game different. I still love the game, um, but like I said, not having nobody to root for um, makes me pick college right. basketball. Um, but that might change because my man Zion is in the league right now. So, you know, I'm a Pelicans fan now. So. <laughs> but I'm going to have to go with college basketball right now. All right. And uh, since he's a Pelicans fan, I let the people know again 2020, the Knicks will win the NBA Finals. You heard it here first. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 
I put it up, like I said, took a poll, and the people poll came out 80% NBA, 20% college basketball. I mean, I kind of figured that would happen because people like niggas don't really watch the college. excitement. Yeah, and plus, college ball does come on at the most random times. Like niggas would be at work in the middle of the day, and like the prime time game is already on. Like, like, oh, so I get it. I do get it, but I like college. The games would be on at fucking like one. All right, so the next is college football or the NFL. For me, this one was kind of hard because everybody that knows me, they know I'm a diehard Saints fan, and they know that I'm a diehard LSU fan. I went on the limb, and I was like, I'd rather watch college football again for the same reason I watch college basketball. I feel like they have more to play for. I feel like once you get to the NFL, like, yeah, you want to win a, uh, a Super Bowl, but it's kind of like if you don't, you don't really give a shit because you just made like $50 million in a year. So, you know, a lot of people early in their career, it's all about like, let me get let me get to the bag first and then I'm going to focus on getting a ring. But in college, I mean, you're trying to get to the league and get a ring. And most people know at the top of the charts, not saying everybody, but at the top of the charts, you know, you want to go to the best school so you can play in the better game, the bigger game, so you can get recognized more. Whether you go to the NFL and, and do good or not, you got that paycheck. And that's what it's about. So I chose college football in that instance. My body. For me, yo, college football, watching that shit, that shit is enthralling. Like, that's, it's something about it. I don't know what it is. I don't know it's... I don't know what the fuck it is, but college football is amazing. But the thing that puts the NFL over the top for me is two things. First of all, well, the NFL, like this, the format of the NFL makes sense. There's so many fucking teams in college football. Like, for instance, I'm an I'm a Ohio State Buckeyes fan when it comes to college football, right? Uh, uh, you feel what I'm mm-hmm. So I, I generally watch the Big Ten. Uh, college football has been dominated for the, by the SEC for like the past, like, 15 years really like the past like 20. yeah probably, yeah probably like the past like 20 yeah that's true because florida was willing was winning early i mean yeah yeah probably yeah probably since 2000 i mean earlier that like miami was doing their thing ohio state won in 2003 these niggas yeah the sec has been dominating college football for a long time but the thing that irks me is the process of like of like who plays in what's game like the playoff format like the shit is mad weird. Like the oh, way, yeah. like the way the committee selects who does what. You feel what I'm saying? Generally, generally, like like mo- like most of the time, maybe like uh, two thirds of the time it's all good, but a third of the time shit just don't make no motherfucking sense. You feel what I'm saying? Like should be all over the place. So that's the thing that turns me off the college football. And then I feel like in in in, in the NFL, there's enough room for teams to win. It's a one it's a one game single it's a single elimination game. You know what I'm saying? Like all throughout the playoffs, all into the what's the name? Different teams win all the motherfucking time. You know what I'm saying? The Patriots have been around for a while doing anything, but different teams win all the time. So for me, it's the NFL. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna go got? NFL all day. Um, like I said, I gained a newfound appreciation meeting you for college football. Um, I remember I used to go to the games when I was in high school, and obviously everybody wanted to play D1 ball. 
Um, but that's was the peak for me. There's been nothing like an NFL game experience to me. And I just remember going to watch the Saints play uh, back when Ricky Williams played. This was in the like one in 15 season. But that was like one of the best feelings in my life, getting to see, you know, the professionals, the Titans, what mm-hmm. I declare, you know what I'm saying, some of my heroes um, do their thing on Sunday. So um, I'm going to have to go with the NFL, diehard Panther fan. North Carolina State ain't done nothing in a long time, and they ain't giving me nothing to root for. So, <laughs> you know. NC State. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. yeah, NC State is my uh, college yeah. team. Yeah. I'm not, it was good last year. They was. They beat Florida State. They took Clemson in three overtimes. Like Florida State is fucking. Uh, Florida. State. All right, that's we're gonna we're gonna make that a topic okay. for another time because I got to say uh, there. But but this is another reason that I, I kind of gave up on the NFL. Once the Colin Kaepernick shit went down, I was kind of like, fuck it. Fuck. Like, I mean, truth be told, like, once the shit went down with Colin Kaepernick, I really was on, like, some fucking shit. But even before Colin Kaepernick, it was like, if I couldn't catch a Saints game, I didn't give a shit about it. Like, that's, that's, that's just me. Like, if the Saints game wasn't on prime time, or I didn't, at the time I didn't have the NFL package and all that shit, so I couldn't watch the Saints game, I played Madden or something. Like, it is what it was. No, I was never like, hey, oh, I got to watch everybody's game. No, my nigga, I'm here for the Saints game. But, <laughs> this is what's crazy. But this is, but this is the crazy part, though. So, after I got out of, like, AIT and I went to my uh, duty station, my first duty station, right? And that's why I, I met here. So now, for some reason, I don't know what he said to me, or what kind of juicy for me? I watched the whole NFC South now. Oh yeah, like, the only division that I watch. I watch the Panthers games. I watch Tampa Bay games. Of course, the Saints games, and I watch the, the trash ass Falcons. Like I watch all four of them now because they're in my division. But before then, it was like the only time I seen them niggas when they played the Saints. But once I played with Eric. Like, that's the crazy part. So, for me, like I said, plus college football is like one game could keep you out the playoff. That's interesting to me. Like, that means that my nigga, you balling, you balling hard to not get eliminated or, you know, just to win your conference. Like, that's important, you know. But, like, in the NFL, it's like you could be the third team in your division and still be a wild card team. Like, that's how we won. That's how we won. That's how we won our last two fucking championships. Yep. So, exactly. Y'all was the wild card. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, uh, you know, but then again, truth be told, after the Colin Kaepernick situation, like, uh, whatever. If I see a game, it's whatever. If I don't, but then again, you know, like Eric said, when he went to a professional game, that did it for him. But what did it for me with college football? Is my first LSU versus Alabama game in LSU. Like, that's 110,000 people rocking and booming. Like, that shit was lit lit. And I was like, yo. Damn, 110,000. College football is like, this is where it's at for me. For me, it was the college experience on that level. 
But I also feel like a lot of people, I think Eric would probably be a college football fan if he went to a, a North Carolina versus North Carolina State game. Because that game be rocking too. Yeah, I've been I went to, uh, I used to go to a North Carolina State game back when Phillip Rivers played. And like I said, you couldn't tell me nothing. That's why I wanted to go to school, everything. Ended up taking a different route, you know what I'm saying, joining the Army. Um, and they fell off. I'm going to just keep it real. They fell off and gave us nothing to cheer for. Um, the SEC <laughs> went on this dominant run. But I am glad to see that the ACC is back. I enjoy watching Clemson. I still watch college football on a Saturday morning. And I can't wait for Clemson the season to start. Some motherfucker. Trevor Lawrence, that's a motherfucker. I mean, and it was dope. Because, like Eric said, he wasn't really like college football like that until we linked up. Because once we linked up, I used to just buy tickets, bro, and be like, yo, let's go to the game. He'd be like, uh, fuck it. All right, let's go. Yeah, watch a KU get trash. Yeah, because we used to go to Kansas games just because the tickets was like $6. So I just get on my book a ticket and be like, yo, I got an extra ticket. You trying to go? <laughs> and he'd be like, shit, let's do it. And we, and that's, and Eric can, he can, he can, he can agree with me on this. When we went to see, Texas Tech play against Kansas and Pat Mahomes was snapping the ball every 10 seconds. I said, this dude's going to be in the pros. He's going to be yep. something special. I said, Kansas game. And look what he's doing now with the he Kansas City. right in Kansas, too. Patrick Mahomes is terrifying. Terrifying. The fact that you can come into but, a league at your first year starting, throw 50 fucking touchdowns, and the AC, it's not like the normal ACC where niggas was shitty for like the past like, like, like 10 years. Yeah. I lied to you. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, too. This nigga had the ultimate cheat code, too. Like, let's just keep that on the table. This nigga had the fastest wide receivers in the NFL as a collective. Like, these. Past everybody. Yeah, he, yeah he, he, their offense was high powered as fuck. Yeah, that's dude. They tight end had dude, like Tyler 20 something touchdowns. He might be the best tight end in the league. Now, I and, and this and this is what I say. I know Tony Gonzalez and Gronkowski and Shannon uh, Sharp. They all have the like the, the big time records for tight ends. But for me, like where my like if I had to pick a tight end that I wanted to be like or or his mentality, it was always Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey was a beast. Jeremy Shockey is my favorite tight end. I know, like I say, I know Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp and Gronkowski. They the top three in NFL history at tight ends. I get that. But Jeremy Shockey was my favorite tight end. His mentality as a tight end was like, it's everything that you want to be on the field. Like, that was just my mentality. That's how you boys were. You know what I'm saying? You boys was all like that. Keller Winslow was like that. He didn't have a career like that, but, you know. Right. But, you know what I'm saying? I love Jeremy Shockey. Them niggas had a fucking squad. A little while, and then they appealed it. Then they cut it down from death penalty to ten years. So that's why they was fucked all these years. But that's a different situation. But again, we went to the polls, and the polls said college football eighty percent, NFL twenty. And I think 
honestly, the the big majority said college football just because of the college yeah. situation. Yeah. That's what I think. Now, this is the one. This next one is two movie guys, and huh, the results are, are are different. I say that the results are so different, but it's Lawrence Fishburne versus Samuel L. Jackson. So. It was hard for me to pick between the two, and I'm gonna explain why I was so so. And I mean, like this one was harder than like going in the grocery store buying groceries and you haven't eaten. It's, it was that kind of hard. It wasn't that hard for me. So I did it because Lawrence Fishburne was probably in the biggest trilogy. He was the co-star in the biggest trilogy ever made. In movie history ever, um, yes. Uh, what's the Matrix? The Matrix. He was like, yeah, he was the co-star, and I YouTube that him and Samuel Jackson was having a sit down, and they both auditioned for that role, but Lawrence Fishburne got the role, and then Lawrence Fishburne went on to say. Him and Sam Jackson both auditioned for the grandfather in Blackish, and Lawrence Fishburne got that one. But this is and, and but my choice was Sam Jackson. And the reason that I picked Sam Jackson is because all his movies were a little more entertaining to me than Lawrence Fishburne. Like, because Lawrence Fishburne is always playing like uh the the serious neutral kind of guy if that makes yeah. sense like he was great in Boys in the Hood like, played, what's his name when he played uh, what's that nigga name was it Bobby Brown oh it's not oh when I, he played Octana when he played Octana you were I mean but, but it was like everything Lawrence Fishburne did, like, like Lawrence Fishburne classic if that makes and Sam Jackson to me was just more entertaining because I love Pulp Fiction. I like the I like the uh, the first shot. I just seen the second shot. That shit was good. I love Snake on the Plane. I love all that shit because like Lawrence is just more entertaining. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was, but everything Lawrence Fishburne did was like classic. Like you can never forget about either one of them. So, for me, I picked because he was more entertaining. I'm going to go with Lawrence Fishburne. And it, like I said, this was a tough one for me, too. Um, but what separates them two for me, and like I said, this is not a knock on Sam Jackson, but I feel like he plays the same character in a lot of movies where Lawrence is a little bit more versatile. Um, like I said, I don't want to compare movies to movies um, because I think it's obvious that Sam Jackson had the biggest movies. He's the biggest star, you know. Um, but like I said, when when it comes to uh, who I think is the better actor, I'm going to have to go with Lawrence Fishburne. Um, I like him more, but it's close. I mean, it's 1A, 1B with those two for me, you know. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, but I went with Sam Jackson. My body, who you got? Me with Sam Jackson, and it wasn't, it wasn't really like a problem for me like to pick it up. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is an not to take anything away from Lawrence Fishburne has a great uh, has a great resume. He's a great actor as well. You see what I'm saying? 
say this about Sam Jackson. You're never going to see another one of him. And nobody can do Sam Jackson better than Sam Jackson. Um, and I think that goes without saying, you know. Um, there may be other Lawrence Fishburns, but like, Sam Jackson, I don't know, man. I almost want to change my pick now. I don't think there can ever be another Morpheus. Bro, I don't know. And that shit you said about the movie, the best movie trilogy of all time is Christopher Christopher Nolan's Batman series. That's the best movie trilogy of all time. Well, I mean, my nigga, listen. The best movie series of all time is Christopher Nolan's Batman series. Batman ain't never the same though. So that's why people be But that's why that's why, that's, that's why I specify though. Those, those three movies is the best movie. The most like right movie. now, like right now, like right now, the best movie of all time, according to Ticket Sales, is John Wick three right now. And also Lion King, Titanic, and yo, I'm the not, yo that's for, like the movie. Those movies are like cool to me, but these niggas love these movies. I don't like. This is just these these movies yeah. are to me. Like the what John movies is that? Oh, John like, movie. Yeah, they just like you crazy, bro. That's real. But I guess I mean, but you know, you may not be into that that uh that, that kind of you know that kind of shit. I said. But um, I went to the people's poll on my social media, and one hundred percent says Sam Jackson. Damn. And that was out of one hundred and seventy-two people. Pick, Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so yeah, that, that one was uh I thought it I mean truth be told I thought it would be a little closer at least 60-40 at least but my nigga Sam got 100% but moving on to the last one and this is classic versus modern uh Family Matters or Family Matters with Steve Urkel or Black Diane 
You know what I'm saying? Um, this one, I kind of used um, the Eric terminology to this one. Like, I never take anything away from from my era of black family shows because Family Matters was my era of black family shows. That was like the first one. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was Family Matters and then came along the rest of them. Like, hey, with Mr. Cooper and all of the family and all the other shows came after Family Matters. So they started this shit. But for me, I feel like I do actually relate more to Blackish because they give me everyday situations that I be like, that's funny. Or, no, that's some real shit. Versus Family Matters, everything was always happy. And I think that's a, I think it's a good and bad thing because, you know, a lot of us, like, you know, like we were saying in the original, in the first comic, like with Biggie, like, entertainers are such an influence. And some kids grew up thinking married life and family life was supposed to be like family matters versus when you watch Blackish, you see, like, siblings getting at each other, you know, husband and wife arguing, bad at each other, you know, how grandparents used to talk. Because I, I know Eric can relate to the grandparents. Like, our grandparents talk like that now. Like, so it's like, it's more relatable. So for me, I went with Blackish. Uh, uh, like you, you know what I'm saying? I always, I rarely ever, like, go against what I watched growing up. Um, but me and my family uh, watch a lot of Blackish, you know, in our home. And... I get that feeling that we used to have on TGI Friday, you know what I'm saying, now. You know, when the whole family get together and watch something. Um, that on top of the topics, like, as you touch, they touch on topics that's relevant today. And, you know, when you're a parent today and you realize that, hey, yeah, a lot of things are the same, but um, a lot of things are different. My kids are living in a different time. It's good to have a show like that that help you explain and start some of those conversations. Um, and I think Blackish does a great job at that. And it's not even Anthony Anderson, you know, like I like the little girl. Diane, to me, is the best actor on that show. I think uh, Diana Ross' daughter, she does a great job. Bo, yeah, Tracy Ellis yeah. Ross. Um, it's just a good, the, the tall son, his goofy ass, you know what I'm saying? It, it lets you know, hey, all black kids ain't cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just love, the way that show is, and it, it's just so easy um, to, like I said, conversation starters and teaching your kids those same lessons, and it gives you that old feel. So I'm gonna go with Blackish. All right, all right. So, um, uh, uh, what up? Me, uh, to be honest, I don't watch TV. So I've seen like a few episodes of Blackish because my little sister watches it, and I like the concept. You feel what I'm saying? How they um. How they, you know, they touch on real life topics. Like it's not just generally like sensational topics things that go on, but just you know, shit that goes on in the daily life of Black Americans. You feel what I'm saying? It's not just Black Americans versus everyone else, but the dynamics that happen between Black Americans themselves. You know what I'm saying? So it's pretty yeah. cool. From, from, from yeah, the more that I've seen of that is pretty cool. Family Matters was always corny to me growing up. Like I, 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 I don't think I watched it while it was. It was too happy. I don't think right? I watched it. It was like too happy. It was corny as fuck. Like, that's used to come on on Nick at Night yeah. and Night. was just like, what the fuck is this shit like? These niggas is doing too much. Right. Right. No, I, I mean, so for me, like, I really I get it. So for me, I pick black. All right, all right. So this was crazy, too. So 
I had posted something on my social media today, and it was because I was watching Blackish. So it gave me the idea, like, you know how Junior on the show is like so nerdy, yeah. right here? Like, so I posted this thing that said, imagine being jumped by some nerds and you hear, divide that nigga by zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god. Like, like, that shit came to me because I was watching Blackish and it was like, that's some shit Junior was saying. Him and his nerd friends whooping somebody's ass, they can't yell out the back. That nigga by zero guns. Like, what? Yeah, but like, like so. that's some real stuff. That's some real stuff. And like I said, I was, I was sitting here thinking when you said uh, Family Matters is just a happy, feel good show. And I was trying to think, did they have any moments, you know, like we saw on Fresh Prince or Blackish or something like that? I can only really remember one is when uh, uh, Carl's son yeah, yeah, he he got, got pulled, pulled over by, by the police. police. So, um, you know, yeah. that just further lets me know that, I, you know, I'm deeply rooted in my Blackish pick um, because they go there. You know, Black is just not afraid to go there. Yeah. And uh, Family Matters was a great show. You know, it got me through a lot of Friday nights. It was. But, uh, yeah, Black is got it. So, yeah, Black is definitely got it. But we went to the fan polls, and the fans said 60% Family Matters, 40% Blackish, which was shocking to me, too. But I also look at it as uh, maybe it's a generational thing because most of my followers are like, your age so they probably just went with Wolves classic if that makes sense like you can never rule out I remember like all the shows that came on on, on Friday nights like Step by Step Family Matters Boy Meets Worlds like all that shit came on <laughs> like so I remember all Yo. those shows but yeah huh? I don't mean to interrupt but some major shit just happened uh that's because he's gonna be a warrior until and clay come back and what's his name what's his name had this they had the option to give him a super max because he's an all-nba player he made the All NBA 13, but they offered him like 160 million. So he got tight. He was like, "Oh, you're trying to violate? That's no problem." He slid. And Woj announced. So, check this out. I've been wanting to ask people this because I know somebody who works for the Warriors, right? I mean, like she don't work like directly with the players, but she works in the PR department, right? And she actually told me because she know I be she she listens to the show too and she hears talk about basketball and she hit me uh she hit me Monday and told me that Kawhi was actually in the GM's office talking to the Warriors like what like what what happens if Kawhi goes to Golden State instead you know, of I heard I heard what today he was also talking to the Lakers. One of my homeboys Kawhi. told me that. Kawhi's not going to the... Uh, I think he's going to be a Clipper still, but... I think, I think that's weird. I think he is too. I, I, think, I think he is too going to still be a Clipper, but it's like, what if? You get what I'm saying? Like, what I mean, if? Yo, one thing the, we, get, we the, can't get... The, the Warriors don't have the... And the, and the, and the, and the reason... 
the reason, no, but the reason I say what if is because the Warriors have made it very clear. We have two spots for Supermax. Clay is finna get one, and they still unsure about KD because KD don't even know if he gonna stay. So it's like, right? But they offering, they also offering um, Clay Thompson one hundred. But that's that'll be it. That'll be all they have. So it's like, so it's like, what I'm saying is, if you give Clay Thompson one ninety, you can give Kawhi KD Supermax and let KD walk when he get help. Like you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what else? Like what, what I'm else? Is the Warriors are gonna offer KD a five-year supermax contract. That's what they're gonna offer him. They're gonna offer him a five-year supermax contract. So with already a max player on the books in uh what's that nigga name? Steph Curry. Steph Curry's already a max player. Oh, yeah. Steph Curry's a real life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph Curry's a Steph Curry's a real life man. He's a supermax. What's his name will get maxed? What's his name can't get those dollars because he was never on the all NBA team. So he's gonna get like, like you said, like maybe like 160, 190 million, somewhere around that realm, somewhere around that area. But shit, that's good. That's, that, yeah, that's a lot. That's for sure. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure he's not complaining. Uh, what's the call? And then, and then the one thing give that if if Clay KD does decide to stay, they offer him the five year supermax deal, and he takes it. That'll be like 220 mil, like somewhere around there. So really, there's yeah. there's no room for Kawhi either. So. The only for for me, yeah. I, I don't think you like. Look, let me tell you, I, this is how I look at Kawhi. I know this is off topic because we ain't got into it. We'll probably get into it on another topic. I look at Kawhi as a nigga. He just wants to win. Like that's why he went. Like he didn't want to go to Toronto, but he balled out in Toronto. He got a ring. But I also feel like if Toronto, because Toronto got a lot of money to play with too. They said that they can sign three people, three big people, but it's like nobody first off, nobody really wants to go to Toronto. But what if Toronto could keep Kawhi and get two other niggas up to Toronto? Like, what happens then to the NBA? You know what I mean? The power might shift. I don't think it shifts that much from the east to the, I mean, the west to the east, but I mean, that does change the game. Um, But like, before we get on... What if Kawhi stays in, let's say Kawhi stays in Toronto, right? And then, I mean, like, I don't think Jimmy Butler is good, all that great. But what if he goes to Toronto and then they get Kyrie Irving in Toronto? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what else? Uh, that's, that probably won't happen. But if it did, I mean, it'd be it crazy. But if it did, that'd be like, what does that do for the NBA now? You hear what I'm saying? Like, that changes the dynamics of a lot of shit. Yeah, but I we'll get to that on another episode. Absolutely. I just want to say, I, I'm not getting all hyped up on these team meetings because agents is just doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to meet with teams and set up meetings with their players. I'm pretty sure the players not even concerned. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, yo, the Lakers is offering me this. What you talking? You know what I'm saying? It's a power play. But I think these players know where they want to go. Um, I think so, too. Because, I mean, now they got the power to do it. Uh, But, yeah, good people. That that was the end of this show. And y'all know at the end of every show, I leave you with something. Some wisdom. Give you some knowledge. Crack a joke. Something. And today, I'm going to leave you with be thankful. Like, um, like earlier today, I was just thinking about like how thankful I am for everything 
that I'm going through right now. And that doesn't mean that I'm going through anything bad. It's just everything. Like the people who support me, uh, you know, the people who hold it down. Uh, I'm thankful for my kid. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for her mother. Mother that she is. I'm thankful for my parents, for my day ones. Like, I'm thankful for Eric and Mabaki for being on this journey on the show with me. Like, like I'm just thankful. Like, and everybody should be thankful. Like, instead of, I say, instead of looking at somebody else, like I notice, like on social media, a lot of us be like goals. They see people like Beyonce and Jay Z and be like goals. No, my nigga, be thankful for what you got and get your own goals. Because they wasn't looking at nobody else like, oh, I got to get like them. No. They was like, oh, that's cute, but we got our own goals. You get what I mean? Like, be thankful for what you have and continue growing what you have. And again, it'll make you even more thankful when you get to the top of where you're trying to go for being thankful for all the small stuff that you didn't really think was big. You get what I mean? So, yeah, just be thankful. Eric, what you got for the people? So the great Nazir Jones said, can't leave it. The game needs him. Plus the people need someone to believe in. So in God's son, we trust because they know I'm going to give them what they want. They looking for a hero. I guess that makes me a hero. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right, my boy. I really ain't got much. Thank you very much for having me on. I reciprocate all that, all the energy you shooting my way. You feel what I'm saying? You know it's all love. This is my favorite shit to do. Peace and love to everybody. All right, good people. And y'all know, y'all know the drill. If y'all have any compliments, comments, discrepancies, or whatever it is, we actually have a link on the show now where you can leave voice messages and tell us how you feel or your thoughts or